2 Samuel chapter 24, beginning in verse number 10, let us stand for the reading of God's Word for God's people this morning. And here, David has anger of the Lord here because he had number of the people. And simply out of the desire to make himself look good. He numbers the people so he can say, I got a bigger army than everybody else. He has never, he had the sin of pride in his life when he did. And, and, and that angered God. And God is about to send a preacher to David. And let him know that he has, he and God are at odds with each other. Now, let me just say this. You'll know when God's at odds with you. Amen. Amen. You ain't going to just slip through and get things done and think God ain't out. God's going to get your attention. We talked about that this morning. God's going to get your attention. I, I, I hate for it to get your attention where it puts you in a flat on your back. But God will get your attention. Amen. So God sent Gad to David. Verse number 10, and David's heart spoke, smoked him. After he had a number of the people. I, I believe one of the reasons why David was a man after God's own heart was because David had a tender heart. Before the preacher ever came to David and told David he, he had sinned, David had already smitten in his heart about what he had done. Can I say to you, you ought to be so sensitive enough to the Lord that when you know that you are at odds with God, when you are not doing right, you have a close enough walk with God, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you know it, and it bothers you. And David's heart smote him after he had hurt the number of the people. And David said, and Lord, I have sinned greatly, and that I have done, and now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came into the prophet Gad and David's seers, saying, Go and say, say to David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. David, I'm giving you three choices. You choose. You choose. Boy, let me tell you what, ain't it something when we choose, we always go the lighter way. We don't want the full extent of God's wrath on us. We'll choose. He said, I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him, said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thy enemies while they pursue thee? Or that there will be three days of pestilence in that land, now vise, and see what answer shall I return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now. I let, underline this in your Bible. <laughs> it hit me hard. Let us fall now into the hand of Lord, for his mercies are great, and let me not fall in the hand of of man. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for the mercy and grace and love you've shown us today, Lord. We just ask you to touch our hearts this morning. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. We pray for those that are out, those that are doing other things. We pray that you'll touch them and bless them in a mighty way, Father. 
We ask the Lord to just touch our hearts this morning and help us to be encouraged in this world that we live in today. Father, we'll praise you. We'll give you the glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be sent. I don't know if anybody knows the man David Ellis. But 1950, he was sitting at his desk at his insurance company, and he was sitting there working. He got a phone call from his wife. She said, our daughter is sick. She's not doing good. And being the father like he was, he jumped up out of his job. And he ran home. Uh, he ran upstairs to where his daughter was in her room. Uh, and, and he went to go through the doors, but his wife stopped him. Don't go in there. The doctor's in there with her. He didn't care. He tried to go through that door, and his wife jumped in front of him again and said, Don't go in there. The doctor's in there with her. She's in good hands. This man uh, uh, he got up the next day and his daughter was doing good and got better and everything. So he went to his job that day and relayed that scene, that scenario to the people at his job. And it became one of the greatest, longest running mottos of any insurance company today. You are in good hands with Allstate. That's where that phrase came from. Can I tell you something this morning? I'm glad that I've got a great physician this morning, greater than any doctor has ever been. I'm glad this morning that I have somebody that is faithful and who is, says uh, uh, just, and I'm glad that I have somebody that, that, that what I need to be done, he can do it. Somebody that can help in a time of help. I, I, I'm glad that I have somebody that can put back together what's been broken. Amen. I'm glad I'm in good hands this morning. Can I tell you what I'm preaching on this morning? You're in good hands this morning. David said, let me fall in the hands of the Lord. Can I give you some encouragement this morning? Just like David said, I'm going to fall in the hands of the Lord. I can trust those hands. I know something about those hands. Those hands will never misuse you. Those hands will never betray you. Those hands will never put you down. Those hands will never hurt you. Those hands will never forsake you. I know something about those hands. Those hands will hold me. Those hands will help me. Those hands will heal me. Those hands will guide me. Those hands will direct me in the time of storms. And I would like to say this, this morning, child of God, you are in good hands. You are in good hands this morning. Preaching on, you are in good hands this morning. Out of this text, David said, I will fall in the hands of the Lord. We're in good hands this morning. I'm not, I'm not guiding my own life. I'm not directing my own life. But I have submitted my life to the hands, the one that uh, was nailed at the cross of Calvary. I, I'm in those hands this morning. And they're the safest place and safest hands that you could be in this morning. If those hands are ever against you, you're in a bad shape. If those hands were against you, you you've got a problem. But if those hands are for you, 
you've got all that you need. You've got all that you need. In good hands. David said, now let us fall in the hands of the Lord and let us not fall in the hand of man. Listen to me this morning. Everybody falls. Everybody. Don't sit here and think you've got your halo and think I'm better than that. Everybody sitting here this morning falls. This just, there's not a just man on earth or sinner not fallen. There's not a just man that doesn't fall. The Bible said, uh, for a just man falleth seven times. But he rises up again. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how, much, how long you've gone to church, or how long you've been saved. You're going to fall. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to trip up. But the problem is where you land at. Problem, problem is where you land at, amen. You, you can say, I, 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 that, I, I find people that go to church and, and they, everything's great. They shout and praise God. They shut, stand and raise their hands. But one thing comes into their life and it trips them up and they fall. All they do is wallow around in that pig pen and get to smelling like a pig is again and walk away from God. Where you land at. Tells a lot about who you are. I, I, I'm telling you here now, I fall. I make mistakes. But I'm not falling into your hands, and I'm not falling into my hands. I'm falling in the hands of God. I'm falling in the just hands of God. I'm falling in the hands that was nailed to Calvary. I'm falling in those hands because that's the safest place a man can be this morning. David said, let, let, let us not fall in the hands of man. I don't want to fall in the hands of man. David said, I'm not going to fall in my own hands. Let me not fall in the hands of man. It's not my choice. My, my choice would be a bad choice. He gives the options. He, David, you choose. He gives the three options. I don't know which one you would take. I know which one I would take. It's like everybody else. You go to punish your child. You throw out three options. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip you for a week. I'm going to whip you for three days. I'm just going to sit you down in the corner for a day. What are you going to do? You let me choose? I'm going to sit in the corner for a day. And we know they're not going to sit in the corner for a day because you're going to forget about it. You're going to walk away and they're going to get up and go around and do what they're all doing. David said, Lord, you've given me three options. I'm not going to fall on my hands. I'm not going to fall in the hands of men. But God, I want you, you, choose what you'll do. Can I say this? And I love this. Anytime you tell God, you choose what you do to me. You choose how you want me to be. You choose where I need to go. You're going to be in the right place. You're going to be in the right place. Amen. You'll be in the right place. Amen. God, he's, David said, Lord, you choose. I'm not going to fall in my hands and I'm going to fall in the hands of man. Because I know if, if I choose 
It's going to be the wrong choice. But Lord, I know if you choose, I know if you make the decision for me, it's always going to be the right choice. I, I'd rather be in your hands in the time of judgment than in my hands in time of pleasure. That's what he's saying, Lord. I, I, I'm submitting myself in the time of judgment into your hands. Now you take that choice. Have I told y'all this morning, you in good hands? <laughs> I, I don't know if I told y'all that. I don't know how, if you really got a hold of that, that you're in good hands, but you're in good hands. You know the problem of some people? Some people run from the hand of God, thinking that all God wants to do is try to beat them down, uh, 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 run them down. You're running from the hand that is trying to help you this morning. You're running from the hand, the wrong hands. I, I read this story, and uh, a woman was at the shopping center. She was shopping. She went to get in a car. She started driving away, and this truck was gotten in behind her. It was flashing light, blowing the horns, and she thought something wrong with him and trying to get her. So she sped up and started going, going down the roads and cutting through here, and, and that truck was right on her doing all these things, and, and she just got scared. She didn't, it was before the time of cell phones. She couldn't call anybody. So what she did is she pulled into this crowded gas station, got up to the pump, jumped out, ran inside, and that truck came, pulled up right behind her and got out and didn't run after her, but run to the back door of her car, opened it, and pulled this guy out. He had been sitting at the uh, uh, mall there, and he watched this man crawl in the back of her car and hide until she got there. Let me just say this. You in good hands this morning. Don't run from the hands that's trying to help you. Don't hide from the hands that's trying to help you. God has got you in His hands. Stay there. He's in mercy this morning. God is not trying to track you down to beat you down, but God is trying to track you down to give you mercy this morning. You in good hands this morning. He sees the danger that we're in. That we can't. When I can't see the hand before God, I can trust the heart of God. I can trust what God does in my life. He has got my good and glory in mind for Him. Can I say this? I have no idea what 2022 holds, what it will store for us. I know this pandemic. I know this virus. I know all these things, but I have no idea what's going to happen year, day after day after day. But I do know this. I'm in the hands that control tomorrow. I'm in the hands that created the heavens and the earth. I'm in the hands that created man. I'm in good hands this morning. He's led me good so far. I'm just going to stick with him. Psalms uh, 139 says, If I send up to heaven, thou art there. <laughs> if I make my bed in hell, <laughs> behold, thou art there. If I take wings in the morning and dwell on the uttermost of the sea, even thou shall my hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me 
David says, it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what I see. You're always going to be there. If I go to the top of the mountain, God, you're there. If I go to the depths of the sea, God, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, God, you're there. I can't outrun you, God. I can't get away from you, God. You are always there. You're in good hands this morning. Can I tell you there's some times that you need to let go of things in your life? You just need to let them go. The problem is we like to hold the whole things, don't we? Amen. We like to hold things. Lord, if, if I got a hold of it, I got control of it. No, we don't. I, I can testify to that. If you got a hold of it, you got a problem. You got a problem. We, we try to hold things. We, we don't want nobody to take it from. We don't even want to give the things to God. We want to hold our things. That's the problem with a lot of people. But let me just say this. You put the things in his hand. Amen. You let him take you and walk you. He'll take you further than you could ever go before. Just trust in those hands. David says, I'm trusting in your hands this morning, Lord. I, I'm trusting that no matter what decision you make for my life, it's going to be the right decision. Now, how many can say that this morning? God, you have been right on time every time. When I, when I make decisions for myself, I, I, I just made a bad mistake of it. But Lord, when I turn it over to you, when I let you direct me, when I let you guide me, I, I know I, we talked about this morning, you live in the flesh, I live in the flesh, and sometimes the flesh will tell you, you better not. Sometimes the flesh just will not let you surrender to God. It wants to hold on to things. But there's some times that you're just going to have to let God take it, let God hold on to it. Let me give you three quick things and we'll go home. Three things about the hand that you're in, these hands that you're in. It is the hand of salvation. It is a saving hand. You know what the Bible said in Isaiah 59 and 1? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. God's hand is not a nub. It's not an alligator paw. God's hand is attached to an arm that reaches further than you could ever reach for. Praise God. He, I, I, when I was young, I loved to watch boxing matches. In fact, I thought I'd try boxing at one time when I was young. And I put them gloves on and they gave the stats. He this, this, and that. You know, got this reach like that. He weighed this like that and everything. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be me a boxer. I knew they made a lot of money. So I'm going to be me a I'm going to be me a boxer. Gave the stats and everything. A little bit of guy come up and said, mm, I got this. I got this. Ding, pam. Oh, no, 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 no. You hit me. Uh-uh. We don't play that guy. I, that was the end of my boxing skills. <laughs> it, I quit right then and there. I took the gloves off. So, nope, I ain't playing this game right here. But I, I love the way they, they talk about the boxers. I, I remember the fight uh, boxing between uh, Mike Tyson and, and Buster Douglas. And Buster Douglas was a big man. A little Mike Tyson, a little bitty thing. But Mike Tyson was the king, king at the time. You know, nobody could whip him. He, he, was, he was it. 
Buster, who was Buster Douglas? But they were got to talking about him. Mike Tyson got a 36-inch wrench. Buster Douglas got a 40-inch wrench. That means he could stand on one side of the ring and hit you on the other side of the ring. And he can keep you at distance right there. And Buster Douglas won the match. But I, I love how he can reach out and bust. You can reach out and hit. So that's, that's the hand of God. The hand of God is not so far that he can't reach to where you at. I thank God that when I couldn't go to him, he came to me. Amen. I thank God for that. Some of you here and me as well was the lowest of all sinners. Lost as a sinner going to hell without God or his son. Didn't believe in God. Didn't want nobody to talk to me about God. Didn't want to go to church. Didn't want to hear preaching. Didn't want to hear singing. I didn't want nothing. I was the lowest of lowest of sinners. Woo! But that day God touched my heart. I wasn't looking for him. He came looking for me. I was sitting in the back of the church ready to get up and leave. I'm waiting for the preacher to say amen. When he says amen, the back door was shut up and gone. And But let me tell you what, I found myself at the altar. I'm in the wrong place. Oh, God said, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I got you where I want you. The lowest of lower sinners, Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. I was right there. Too. I was his lieutenant. I was right there with him. I didn't want to hear preaching. I didn't want to hear the scriptures. I didn't want to hear about God. I didn't want to hear how bad I was. I didn't want to hear that I was heading to hell. But God touched my heart. He says, I can send you to a better place. I got on my knees and prayed, Lord, save me. I don't want to go to hell. I've heard preachers talk about hell over and over and over. I don't want to go to that place. But the only way you cannot go to that place is have Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. I read this story about this preacher one time up in Baltimore. He was a Vietnam veteran. He was out on a Saturday morning. He was giving out tracts. He loved to give out tracts. And he parked in this alleyway. And as he started walking, there was a building on one side, and there was a greater big wall on this side, had that Constantine wire on top. And as he was looking at that wire and walking down, he tripped and fell. And all those tracks just blew. And the wind came by and caught him and just started blowing him over. He was trying to pick them up as much as he could and get them all as fast as he could, but he missed some. He went on that day and got about all the tracks he could. And, and, and a year later, he was sitting in his office at the church. The guy walked in and says, can I help you? He held a try. Is, is this the church to hand out these tracts? He said, yeah. He said, I got saved reading this track. He said, I got saved reading this track. You don't realize I, I, I was in prison, and they just let me out for yard activity. And I was uh, walking around, I was asking God, I was messed up, messed up, I, my family was ashamed of me, I, I'd done, done all that I could do, and I'm walking around asking God, I need some help, and all of a sudden I see this track uh, come floating down, and I reached out and grabbed it, and I start reading it, and I got saved right then, and the preacher asked him, says, who gave it to you? He said, God. God gave it to me. It came floating down out of the air. I thought God gave it to me. We never know what happens 
God has in store. You don't, you, let me just tell you, you think you, you got it under control. You think you know what God's going to do. And all of a sudden, God will just move and do something totally different. This is a saving hand. Aren't you glad when you was going down with no hope, that unseen hand of God reached down and touched your life? And saved you this morning. I read in the New I've read in the New Testament that everything Jesus Christ touched changed. They were taking a man to the cemetery. He was dead. He reached up, touched the coffin. He got out. Man couldn't hear. Touched his ears, and he even grew one back. Leopard, unclean sin, touched Jesus, he was clean. A man that couldn't walk, touched him and he can walk. A man that couldn't see, touched his eyes. Now, because everything that Jesus Christ touched, changed. Have you been changed? <laughs> Have you been changed? Amen. Well, I, I don't know if I've been changed or not. Then you ain't been touched. A few years ago, if you'd have met me and I didn't like you, you'd have known it. Now I'll just hug your neck. I don't care whether you like me or not. Amen. If you've been touched by the master's hand, you have been changed. I, I thank God that I've been changed. I thank God for that hand. I thank God for that salvation hand that reached out. He helped us. And, you know, he touched the tomb. <laughs> the emblem of death, finality. But he touched it. Now it's the beginning. Now it's the beginning. The cross, he touched the cross, was a, a, an option of death. But now, since he touched it, it's freedom and life. you haven't been touched by the hand you need to get touched because he changes things when he touches things this morning it's the hand of salvation it's also it's a sufficient hand what do you mean a sufficient hand Thomas Chisholm living in the 1800's poor he went to revival at 27 years old and listened to a preacher in the 1893, I think it was, and got saved. Got saved, started serving God, got, got into the ministry, became a pastor, but he had poor health. He lived in poverty and poor health all his life. He wrote these words. Great is thy faithfulness, Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I can agree with him this morning that that hand has never, never let me down. That hand has provided everything I need in my life. 
when I didn't know I needed it, the hand provided it. There's not one person this morning can stand says God has not provided to me all that I needed. There's not one person here that can stand and say God has never provided to me the things I needed in my life. Because God has provided. He's been sufficient. His all great amount of power. He says I'll be sufficient in your life. God has provided everything that we ever need in our life. You may say well I'm not rich. Well, I'm not either. You say, well, I don't have a fancy house. I don't either. You say, I don't drive a Cadillac. Neither do I. I drive a Kia. The step below a Cadillac. The things you want are the things you want. It's not the thing God desires for you. When you start letting the things that you want slip away and say, God, I'll let you provide for me. I'll let you be sufficient in my life. You give me what I need and you'll find you'll have more than you'll ever need in life. Amen. Amen. In a sufficient hand. The Bible says he takes care of the sparrows. He feeds them. He clothes the lilies. And if he takes care of the sparrows and clothes the lily, how much more is he going to take care of you? Amen. Amen. I mean, that's Bible. I mean, you can find that in the Bible. And I mean, you just take and apply it to your life. If God's going to take care of sparrows and takes care of the lily, boy, I don't think he's going to take care of me. Bible says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God is going to take care of his people. He's going to provide for you the things you need in your life. He's got a sufficient hand this morning. I I encourage everybody, everybody sitting here, to read or listen to, because it's online, Darlene Dibbler Rose testimony. She was born... Got married and her husband was a preacher. She was a saved Christian. They were called to become missionaries in Uganda, New Guinea, around the Philippines, islands, and all that stuff. And it just happened to be the same time as World War II broke out. And they was listening on the radio in that little bitty village they were in uh, of all the things that was going on, all the trafficking of the Japanese and everything. And, uh, and it was coming out of uh, Vanilla. And uh, they heard it, and then all of a sudden the newscast stopped. It wasn't long after that the Japanese came into the camp where they were, in that little village where they were, and they took all the men away, even her husband. And as her husband was being led away, she ran to him and gave him his Bible and his last words to his wife, God will provide. And they took him off. She'd never seen her husband again. He died in camp. Well, the Japanese thought that she was a spy, so they took her up and put her in a, a, a little bitty room, and they beat her and mistreated her, and they tortured her, and they, they just tried to get her to press, and they tried to get her to do all these things, but she would not give up. They kept her in a little bitty square room uh, outside. She was being tormented. And she said one day, she looked through a little hole. She had eaten days she said I saw a monkey eating a banana 
She said, Lord, if I could just have one banana. <laughs> one banana, Lord, is all I need, just one banana. You, you said you provide. And about that time they came and got her out, took her in there and started beating her again, torturing her and trying to get her to admit that she was a spy. She'll never admit. She just kept believing God. When they brought her back, they threw her in that little cage. And when she got to herself, she came to herself, she looked over the corner. It was a whole bunch of bananas. She looked at the guards and said, who put them there? I don't know. Shut the door. Left it there. She asked for one. and God gave her a bunch. She said, before I even took one bite of any one of those bananas, I said, Lord, I thank you for your all-sufficient hand in providing me. I only asked for one, but look what you gave me. Then she said, I ate so many bananas that it started to come out my nose. Wasn't long that she got rescued out of that. You listen to her story. It's a long story. She'll tell you all about it. That's a wonderful story. That is what God's sufficient hand will provide all that you need when you need it. I think, well, I've heard people say, well, if I just hit the lottery, I'll have everything I need. No, you won't. People will just come, because I'll knock on your door too. I'll stand there with my hand out. Hey, 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 I'll be the same way with everybody else. Your relatives and me standing there on the line. Get that. It ain't going to help you. But if you, how many over 20 years old right now? And God has provided you for every since you've turned over 20. You don't need nothing else. You have the all-sufficient God. He'll provide all that you'll ever need in your life. It, it is a salvation hand. It is a saving hand. It is an all-sufficient hand. It is also the hand of supervision. It is a hand that guides, that leads, that directs. It is a sovereign hand. It supersedes and runs the affairs of men. It directs them. I can look back at my life, and you should be able to. I can look back at times in my life and I see things that went on in my life, and I said, it had to be God. Couldn't nobody else do it but God. I see the organization and provision of God in my life. I see how God has brought me in here. How God has brought peoples into my life. How God has worked things out for me in my life. There's nobody but God that can do that. I've seen that. I've seen nobody but God can do that. Have you had hard times? Yes, I've been through heartaches. Yes, I've been through things. I, I've been in the valley, but God's hand was always there. He never said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's always there with me. He's leading me and guiding me. All I've got to do is surrender to him. Look what David said in verse 13. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months from thy enemies while they pursue thee? Or there be three days, penalties, pestilence in thy land. Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. You got this option. You got seven years you got three years, three months, you got three days. 
David said, I'm not going to choose. I'm not choosing. I'm not going to choose. I'm going to let God choose. I'm going to let God be merciful. Look at the option the Lord gives him. Verse 15, and the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel, the shortest of the three. He sent the shortest of the three. I think that some people are looking for God to give them the maximum every time they mess up. The maximum. God is looking to give you the worst when you mess up. No, he is just a merciful God. David, if you want me to choose, this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt, David. But it's only going to hurt for three days. Three days. You ask what kind of God is that? That's a merciful God. God could have thrown the seven years on him or the three months running from the enemies and, and the pestilence and all in that. But no, God gave him three days. David knew he messed up. He could have been stiff-necked about it, said, you know what? I'll take the three days. Don't worry about it. He could have choose the latter. He could have choose the three days. But he said, I messed up. And you realize, and God gives him the least of three, we serve a God this morning that is a God of supervision. He is so good and merciful. This year, 2022, Every one of us should run to the altar this morning. Say, God, I am placing my life, I'm placing my heart this morning in your hands. Uh, you direct me, uh, you guide me uh, wherever you want me to go. I'm not choosing God. I'm not asking for this. I'm just going to let you decide for me. I've decided my life, uh, and it's been mistake after mistake. But, Lord, when I let you decide, you choose the right way every time. If you just let God, if you just let go of your life and give it to God, Lord, you direct me. Lord, you guide me. You watch what he can do with your life. You watch. He, <laughs> I'm telling you, he'll take you to places you never thought you'd be in. He'll take you to heights that you never could achieve. He'll provide for you like you've never been provided for. If you just surrender him, say, Lord, here I am. Take me. That should be our 2022 motto. Lord, you direct me. Lord, you guide me. Lord, I don't want a great big church. I just want what you give. Amen. I always had this thought of pastoring a great big church. Boy, I ain't never gotten that close. This is the biggest church I pastor. <laughs> I pastored one small down in Florida. Love the heat. Can't stand the winters. <laughs> but it's where God directed me. I did not know these people. <laughs> Sister Joanne could tell you all about that story. I did not know these people were praying for a pastor. I didn't know that. I left Florida and seen Florida's sign in my rearview mirror and said, <laughs> I ain't never pastored another church. I've been there. I know what it's like. 
Boy, I get here, the next thing I know, I'm like, what, what, God, why, why? <laughs> you said, I'll direct you. I said, okay. If you turn yourself into God, let him direct your life. <laughs> God will do some great things for you. God will, God will do some wonderful things in your life. But you've got to surrender to him. You've got to take.